Am I making the right choice? It cannot be wrong to protect the Lady Elfin. Or to seek a home for your children. Whether this is the time that has been chosen for you, that I cannot say. I hope it is. But your motive is pure. And so my God will be with you. Get it done as dawn rises. And tomorrow will be the first day of a new world. Providence, Rhode Island. Welcome to The Last Kingdom with Mary and Blake. It's a podcast dedicated to The Last Kingdom on Netflix. So grab an ale, sit back and relax, and let's see how England was born. My name's Mary Larson. My name is Blake and Mary. Yeah. You got your wish. Oh my gosh, I didn't. And we don't want to like, we don't want to break it because it's part of my GPGs, but I am so excited. You got your wish. Mm. Oh, yes, I did. We got it. We, we kind of even got a full wish oh, fulfillment. Yes, but Blake. I'm not going to break it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go out and say don't it. Don't you dare. But another thing too, Mary. Mm-hmm. Kinda like King Constantine. Uh, yeah. Where have you been, man? I kinda like him now. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe because I told you my love for him and that it's not that bad. But this yeah. chap, this this episode, yeah, made you like him even more. It, it gave you, it gave you something to think about. Agreed. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? Like, well. We are, of course, podcasting about this show, and it's wrapping up, my friends. So stay tuned, because the next episode will be coming out quickly. Yes. Quickly, quickly. Uh, before we do, and as we wrap up this series. Oh, right? man. So sad. Please, please, please. Let Blake and I know if you have found us through The Last Kingdom, because we want to find you, peeps, if, the, if you're like brand new to us through this show yeah. oh we, that, are, we actually from the last episode already had a couple of people no way well, actually a number of people reach out with just the shield so <gasps> if you're oh listening God, they do exist and if thank you all so much for everybody that has already sent us all the shields if yes. you are listening and you have discovered mary and i through the last kingdom send us a shield oh on instagram gosh. facebook youtube whatever just give us the shield emoji oh my gosh i love you all and don't worry because we are podcasting about other things we're currently podcasting about the house with the dragon on hbo the potterverse is starting back up and we are starting the rings of power yes. as well so if you are into sword fighting <laughs> and people dying and, and magic in magic and all sorts of things we're here for you. Well, I feel like, you know what, this speaks directly to this audience. Directly to this audience, because that's all The Last Kingdom is. Sword Preach. fighting and medieval earth and magic and We're here for it, all friends. the good stuff. So find us at maryandblake.com. And if we have brought you joy, you can head on over to jointhenerdclan.com. For as little as $2 a month, you make an immense difference in our lives. And don't forget, the holiday season is approaching. I think the holidays start at Labor Day. So you're welcome, friends. Ugh. Blake and I are going to be sending out our holiday cards early. 
Yes. Early. So if you want to get a holiday card from us, head on over to jointhenerdclan.com to see how you can do that. Or and you can get for, a gift from us. Yeah, too. yeah. Yeah. There's lots of fun things. So just head on over. Just peruse. Peruse. And thank, our, <laughs> thank you, our friends who are already there. We love you. And we're going to jump into the show. Let's do it. Okay, it's time. It is time. The mini plot recap. For the mini plot recap. All right, so in this episode, remember we left off with that cliffhanger, will Edward kill everyone? The answer is obviously no, because he's a (laughs) doofus for doing that in the first place. But anyway, his mom says, don't do that. That's not good. And Uhtred and Altum, they go out with the Mercian guard, and they decide, you know, let's let's head on out and, um, you know, fight after all. And um, guess what? Edward changes his mind. Pretty quickly. Never mind. I'm just going to pretend like none of that happened and that this was my idea. I feel like you're out on Edward. Oh, I've always been out on Edward. But you know who I'm pumped about (laughs) is King Constantine. Because rumor gets around that maybe King Constantine boarded a boat. Everyone's like, nah, man, he's a king. He wouldn't just be boarding a little skiff. Yeah, Mm. he does. And he arrives and he is ready to party. Ready to party. Super pumped. He, of course, heads into uh, Bebenberg. Um, Princess Elfwin is there. They meet. He says, I don't want to bang you. You don't want to bang me. How about you just be a queen and live a nice life in Scotland? She's like, you know, this isn't that bad. (laughs) And my boy, my cockroach, my Heston, of course, shows on up and uh, dies. Yeah, not great, Bob. So, um, yeah, lots of bad things happening. Big old battle. and But Heston, rest in peace. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, that is that, Mary. This episode was directed by John East, the penultimate episode of the series for The Last Kingdom, episode 509. John East has directed episodes 203, 204, 305, 306, and obviously 509. And it was written by Martha Hillier, who is the showrunner for The Last Kingdom. And if you want to know how many episodes that she's written, go to imdb.com and do that on your own time because she's written a lot. Mm -hmm. So that is that. Your shields rating. How many shields are you given this episode? I'm here. I'm ready to party. Just like King Constantine. Okay. I'm here. I'm loving it. My wish was granted. Five. Yeah. How could you not give it a five? I mean, I mean, Heston shows up, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Come okay, on. Okay. All right. And I'm giving this one a four seven. I quite like this, though I will say there's just a lot of convenience here, a lot of mm-hmm. writerly convenience, and that's what takes it down for me. So what do you got for your GBG? You're good. You're bad. And you're great. My good is chickens because we start this episode with just <laughs> shots of Bebenberg and and uh uncle phil he's putting in some he's putting in an instacart basically is yeah. what's happening he's like we're gonna go and we're gonna do things and i need some five chickens we're gonna make some pop pies and this and that and the other thing but it literally opens with like the shot opens with someone walking with a cart of chickens <laughs> a cart of chickens it's perfect. We haven't seen chicken on the plates of Bebenberg. We've seen this like weird stuff, like lettuce sure. and look like like a meat mold or something. But we haven't seen chicken, so I don't know if these were brought in from Instacart like a long distance and he had to pay the extra <laughs> fee. I don't know. But chickens arrived, and I squealed in glee, and I said, "Plake, 
if there's chicken, (laughs) that means Heston will be in this episode. And you want to know what? I was goddamn right. So chickens (laughs) are my good. Just chicken. Mary. Thank you very much. My bad. Damn right. (laughs) (laughs) My bad is that Heston is killed by my new favorite second person, King Constantine. Mm. I get it, though. I get it. Yeah. Like, I get it. Like, you can't go lying. I mean, and he knew he was lying from the get-go. He was like, people just don't show up and do this stuff. Yeah. You but have, so I'm just sad. Rest in peace, cockroach. Because now that means that Father Pureleg is the new cockroach, and I didn't want him to win. What do you mean, Father Pureleg? What about him? He didn't mean he didn't want him to win. Well, remember Father Pureleg? He's been like stabbed. He gets, oh, okay. he doesn't get lost. He's always showing up, no GPS, but yet somehow that walking guy he just he's there. I mean, he must constantly. have some great orthopedic support, but he's always alive. <laughs> he uses Doctor Scholl's. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm just sad that Heston has now been unseated as the everlasting cockroach, but he did a good job. He lasted a good long time. And my great is Heston, okay? In case y'all don't know. This is like Heston-centric. Yeah, it is. Because I've been rooting for this man forever. (laughs) Not that I want to be his best friend, not that I trust him, but I've just loved Heston (laughs) in, in a way. Okay. First off, he got a glow up. Retirement suits him well. He's hanging out with nuns, basically surrounded by women. All the time. Plays with gold and silver and just looks through things and trades stuff. Got a glow up. Yep. Goes to a barber. Living life. Gets his beard braided nice. And... And there were chickens for him. He didn't get to eat the chickens, but he was there. He showed up. He and Uhtred have a great dynamic. Hild gets him to... I mean, he's been hanging with Hild. Heston and Hild are friends. Right? Oh, my God. Like, the H land. And I'm, I'm just so pumped. So, we've, we've got this going on. I, I know he dies. I'm here. I'm okay for it because he tried. Not only was he trying to do good things, but he even tried to save the princess. And you saw him. You saw him just shake his head like, what am I doing? <laughs> There's chickens right there. I could do this. Princess or chickens. Princess or chickens. <sighs> princess. Great. Oh, Heston, rest man. in peace. Oh, you know, Mary. What? I love you so much. You just, you just make me laugh. Freaking chicken, man. That's like, the- when did they start writing season five? Is there a potential that a writer could have heard our podcast and my association with Chicken and Heston? And they said, listen, if this is his if this is his grand reveal that he's been alive, he's still here and then he dies. Can we please just have some form of a chicken for Mary Larson? Like, is there any <laughs> way or have we podcasted too quickly and they would have already written it? Because I find it so incredible that out of all these episodes, we finally hear a chicken squawk, see some feathers for his episode. I've. I'm going to say that episode five was season five? season five rather was probably broken. Oh, right when we started podcasting. But they could have added that B-roll shot. The director <laughs> could have heard it. You know what? I'm not going to say no. If on that crew has listened to us and if you made that chicken possible, good job. <laughs> Please reach out. <laughs> You get all the Minute with Mary gifts. They don't want any of that stuff. Well, you never know. Hey, I'll, sure. I will gladly. Who doesn't love mascara? People who don't love mascara, Blake. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, anyway. But yes, if you're <laughs> if you're the chicken person, thank you. All right, so my good. I have 
I have to give it to Eliza Butterworth, Butterworth, who plays Aylesworth. Um, what they've done with why are you calling her Eliza Butterworth? That's her name, Eliza Butters Butterworth. Oh, that's a real. name? That's a real name. Oh. <laughs> I thought that you were saying that she looked like the maple syrup person <laughs> in this episode no. after she like killed people. No, oh my goodness, eating pancakes. No, that's her real name, Eliza Butterworth. I forgot. Okay, anyway, uh, I have to give it to her because not pancakes. I I have liked what they've done with her character over the past couple of episodes, and I can see why they've had her like hang around so that she can play a role in what's happening with Edward. And when she goes to Edward, not as an advisor, but as a mother who just sees her son is afraid. Mm-hmm. And she Which can have... exactly what Uhtred said 10 minutes before. It's 100% true. But afraid, but Uhtred was afraid, said he was afraid of being in battle. She knows that he is afraid of being Alfred's son and mm-hmm. living up to that and all. And that's far different. Being in that shower. No, he just wants Far to different. listen to his mom and not Uhtred. Well, you know, you know, I think so. I think mm-hmm. so. But I really like that. I just, I love that she's able to go out there and call him out and recognize who he is for what he is because she's his mother. And that's really special. My bad. How in God's name does the entire Mercy and Guard yep. not see the entire Wessex army <laughs> leave Efferwich and just stand outside waiting? Seriously. Everyone, they opened the doors and everybody was surprised. Did you not notice that all the people were gone? <laughs> Did you not hear them shuffling out? Yeah. Getting horses out. Clanking swords. You know that Citrix an early bird. Okay, he has oh, to go and yeah. get in his bicep reps. <laughs> Citric brings the guns in this episode, oh, by the way. All the guns. Holy smokes. I know. He's been eating chicken. He's been eating all the chicken. He's got That's stung. why there's no chickens left. That's right. He's got he all, ate the protein. all the eggs. <laughs> Took them all. No babies. Yeah, but literally, I mean, an entire army gets out, and none of you folks woke up early and had a cup of coffee and noticed I know. someone shuffling out none of you looked over the edge of the fence none of you heard someone sneeze <laughs> a horse whinny maybe <sighs> totally unbelievable they open the doors and literally it's just shock where did these people come from <laughs> oh. <laughs> i didn't know that this happened oh. of course utrid had to make his late entrance too by the way <sighs> <laughs> just just get my horse ready. I like to sleep in the days of battle. I like to do my meditations. Got to get his beauty sleep. His, his meditations. I his have to pos- do my stretches. He because, has to do his positive affirmations. Because I need to do, I need to do my special sword moves. You know, I am getting upwards of uh, 50, 60 years old now. I mean, I'm not showing it because of all my stretches. Because and- of my minute with Mary. <laughs> um. Yeah, so he's got to get his stretches in. You know, he's got to do those things. I get it. No problem. But my great Mary. Yes, Blake. Mary, I got to tell you. Yes, Blake. My great. It's Heston. <gasps> it's Heston. Yay! We met. I have to give it to Heston. And somehow, some way, 
the writers have found a way to make this character likable. I've liked him for a long time, Blake. I know, but general, like genuinely likable. Like you felt bad when he died. You felt good when he did the right thing. You, like you, he did. This right guy has this done whole, this whole season. Remember how he cleaned up the queen's mess? No, I, that was self-serving. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It totally was. Why would it have been self-serving if he just left the mess? Took the gold, left the mess. Because he didn't want war to come to that area. And he didn't want war to come to that area because he was trading in that area. And if he couldn't trade in that area, he couldn't make his silver. And if he couldn't make his silver, he couldn't be hanging out with the nuns. I feel like trading means you can go wherever you want. Go so, hang out with the nuns. So I'm just saying the fact that they were able... This guy has done terrible things. Terrible things. Killed people and backstabbed people and, and and the whole thing. And in the end, you end up liking him. And he finally redeems his character in a way that serves Uhtred for the way that Uhtred saved his life all the way back in whatever season two, whatever it was. That is a great poetic moment. It is an affirmation of that character and it is a complete journey for that character. And somehow they made Heston one of the most well-written characters on this show. Mm -hmm. And I am profoundly impacted by that. Like just in terms of how that was done, why they chose this character, how he survived. I I feel like I need the sound clip from this is us. Y'all been sleeping on my boy Miguel. <laughs> I don't I don't have. To. Y'all been sleeping on my boy Heston. Yes, that's true. So that is my great. I just I can't I can't believe that I was sad. I can't believe mm-hmm. that like when when Constantine holds that sword up to his chest. And you don't blame Constantine. And I don't blame him. Like no. I get it. Yep. I get what he was I get why it all happened. And I love the fact that that Heston looks up at Hild, a person with whom he has shared a relationship all these years that we didn't know, and Hild gets a chance <gasps> Do you to. Think there was a little no, else? no, I don't think there Why was. Not? No, I don't Do think you so. think Hild is pure? They don't need to be, do they? I don't know. Because like Father Pure like got to get married. Oh, not Father uh, Bianca got to get married. Yes. So can the nuns? I don't know. Can the nuns like hook up? <laughs> maybe not get married, but can are they are they getting in they, pillow are they, they getting what? in pillow fights maybe in the middle they, of the night? Maybe they snuggle. I see them snuggling. I picture them watching see, yeah, okay. reruns of Friends together after they have the the chicken wings yep. and they kind of snuggle. Some friends, maybe some OC. I could. I, I bet you. I, I bet think, you Heston's an OC I guy. I don't think Hild would be into that. You don't think so? No. <laughs> maybe they do Golden Girls. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, they, and I can see them being like, "Oh, yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah, that one." <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh. So I just I I like the fact that there was this moment shared between the two of them, and what an what an odd pairing, and what a r- w- nice pairing, one that you didn't know you needed, mm-hmm. and to see that character come out the way that he did. Oh man, I'm just. I'm just super happy for the show and that and that that is why we watch television, right? To see the 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 momentum of change and how people develop and you know it, it and th- they set this whole thing up years and years and years ago and finally we have a payoff where Heston chooses the route of honor and mm-hmm. uh, I like that. 
So that's that. All right, Marvin, what else you got for this episode? I mean, where do you want to start, man? You know, I, I, okay, let me just, okay, let's just do my Heston, okay? okay? All right. I cannot get over, um, I just can't get over his death. <laughs> he didn't even get to eat. No chicken. But what's remarkable about this, not only did we want to cry for him and was it really cool to have him back and see his complex relationship with Uhtred continue, but it is his past that was the end of him. Because, what do you mean? So, <clears throat> Princess uh, Elfwin, Elfwin, Yep. when he says his name, when he says, I'm Heston and I'm here with Uhtred. Oh, and I, and I know you. your real father. Yes. Yes, okay. And then Elfwin, who d- well, didn't even like know Heston. Yep. But her mom had told her about Heston. Yes, absolutely. Um. She hears his name and she knows the atrocities that he's done mm-hmm. and knows what side he's been on during a lot of these wars. Mm-hmm. And that is what gets him killed. Right. Interesting. She hasn't like the like her mom didn't have positive experiences with Heston. Right. Um, like she, you know, she's dead. She hasn't gotten to know the retired Heston. You know, with fat, fat women and what does he say? Chickens and I can't remember. Whatever. <laughs> Just chickens and fat women. Which rude, Heston. But okay, um, it's his past because he's not perfect. He's very imperfect. Oh yeah, and he has done a lot of bad things. So I thought it was just really neat because a lot of people may feel the same way about Brita. That Brita's had redeeming moments, mm-hmm. not recently, but like redeeming moments. And we had that whole arc with Uhtred saying he thought that she, he was going to be able to kind of save her and bring her back. Mm-hmm. Um, but she didn't get that. And what I like is that Heston has been on this upward trend, mm-hmm. but his past still was what haunted him to his death. Sure. And, you know, there's there there is, I think, an argument to be made that there has to be some kind of payment for what he has done throughout his life. Like there has to be some, you know, the bill comes due eventually. Mm-hmm. And it's not what you have done that makes you, but it's what you do in the end that helps define you. Mm -hmm. And when the bill comes due for Heston, he does the right thing. You can't get past that. And he does it in a sense, and he has a choice. He has a choice to, to keep going or save Elfwin. Mm -hmm. And out of respect for, um, you know, his colleagues and in her real father and, uh, the relationship that, he knew that Ethel Ethelfled shared with her real father, or at least to what he believes is her real father. Um, that's a big deal, and he, he knows. Yeah, well, he knows the truth. Yeah, so it's interesting. Everybody knows the truth. I, that's true. So it's interesting <laughs> that he's able to do that and see that and say, "Yes, I'm going to make this choice in in spite of all the chickens that are around me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn back and and save Elfwin." Uh, the ironic thing is that Elfwin calls on Constantine to help her from Heston, which is interesting because this comes almost not directly after, but soon thereafter, the scene that is shared between Elfwin and Constantine, uh, where 
Because you think when Constantine says, yeah, I'd like to meet her alone in my chambers uh, before, you know, before the whole thing and after we have dinner. And you think like, oh, God, this is going to not go well. And you're we're gonna get the obligatory oh you're gonna be my bride blah 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 you know like the whole thing let me see what i got yeah you think and and the show does something special and it subverts your expectation and it provides you with another inroad on a character that you have no familiarity with Mm -hmm. and you've associated certain things with him because he is around you know phil yeah and it goes the other way what did you think of all that i love it I mean, what I'm slightly confused about is Constantine saying, I'm in love with someone. She's already married. Yes. So I'm not going to bed you. But we just saw you banging two ladies a couple episodes ago. Yeah, but that's different. How is it different? That's different. He's like, oh, no, I saved myself because I'm in love and I can't make love. But I am anyway. That I mean, that is it's fair that you bring it up. It's fair that you bring it up. Totally. Like, does the woman you love know that you got two honeys in your bed two days ago? <laughs> well, it wouldn't or matter anyway. is it just easy for him to say, I'm marrying her, but I'm not sleeping with her. I'm just sleeping with, uh, you know, the baker. Hmm. Interesting. I just, I do. I love Constantine. But when he said that, all I could think of was him in his, like, fur bed. That's true. It is fur bed. It's true. I'm not saying he needs to be celibate. Then what are you saying? Just then don't say I'm in love with someone else so I won't bang you. Well, again, I, I have to I think we have to make the Just say I bang other people. But I don't need to bang you. We have to make the distinction in that you know, he's not gonna marry Elfwin out of love and thereby won't consummate the marriage out of love because he's in love with somebody else. Yeah, but do you know what I mean? No, I get you. I, I hear what you're saying, but I think there like is if a- I was the woman that he loved and that was the response he was giving me, I just don't know. I think there's a distinction to be made there and I I see what you're saying, but I also see the, the logic that the show is giving us. Um, But it's, it's amazing that the show can turn around and give you an instant moment where how was he going to think he was going to have an heir if he never sleeps with her how can you say i'll never bed you well you're kind of the king aren't you going to need like a kid maybe he already has a kid from who i don't know exactly bastards running around everywhere yeah but that's not what he wants it's true good point so that was the only thing that i had issue with with king constantine but i truly appreciated his conversation i've been a huge fan of him I loved him coming off the boat, being super jolly, happy that he surprised everybody. (laughs) He's here to party. He's brought his nice uh, teal, dark blue outfits. Oh, yeah. And the respect that he gives the princess. Shocking. See, I wasn't shocked. I've liked this guy. (laughs) I've got a good judge of character on the last kingdom. That's true. That's true. And yeah, King comes through the front door and the whole thing. Like, good stuff. Um, He's got a great crown. Love the crown. Better facial hair than uh, oh, Edward. Way, it, it was. It's like <laughs> it reminds me of the scene from Iron Man three. You remember when Tony Stark goes into the van and he sees the guy with the same hair and the same beard? No. And he has the tattoo of Tony Stark. No. 
<laughs> he's like, if you can't tell, I kind of modeled my look after you. And Tony's like, yeah, yeah, okay, sure. Like, he's like totally creeped out. You can tell that Edward totally modeled his look on King Constantine. <laughs> like, that's what he, he was like, dude, that's the guy. Oh my God. That's the guy I want to be. I mean, he's his just <laughs> stunning outfit, stunning hair. I'm here for it. Oh, I love that he protects uh, his princess. I, I'm just happy. I'm just, I am, I'm genuinely shocked. But can we talk about the Uncle Phil stuff with Heston? Because uh, you're genuinely shocked that Constantine doesn't want to bed yes. princess? Why? Why are you shocked? I don't know. I, I'm just genuinely shocked that... What has this guy done to prove you that he's a schmuck? Well, because I have an association with him because of Ethelhelm, right? So, and the show, I think... I, th- I think he's an opportunist. No, no, I think so too. And it's cl- it's clear that I was wrong. And that's why I was shocked because I just, I didn't anticipate his sensitivity towards Elfwin. I, w- I think if she was DTF, which our Jersey Shore friends know what that means, mm-hmm. but down to mm, F. If she was DTF, if she was a little older, if she didn't love somebody else and, because he's not under the assumption that she doesn't want to be there. Everything that Uncle Phil is telling him, That's oh yeah, she's on her way and this will solidify the land and you'll be with Mercia. I think he thought he was getting a Megan Fox. <laughs> Adult, ready to do it. Yep. Here to hang, make you an heir. I'm excited. Fox. I heard that uh, King Constantine's coming. He's hot. He's got a great wardrobe. Oh, man. I think he thought someone was going to come a little older, Mm -hmm. who was ready, was pumped. Yep. And then he opens the door and it's this crying teenager. And he's trying to throw herself off the bloody ledge. (laughs) Um, she just wants to make friendship bracelets, you know? As, as much as I loved uh, the return of these characters and how those characters interacted with the the plot of what's happening, in particular Heston and how he has an effect on the plot and and how Hild has an effect on Uhtred, um, do you find it a little convenient that Uhtred just happens to go where Hild is and Hild just happens to say, yeah, Heston's here? Like, do you find it just a tad writerly, just as an excuse to get these characters back in? No, because Uhtred said, I know where I need to go. I need to go talk to somebody. Yes. And obviously he and Hild are in contact. So he's known that Heston's been trading there. We don't know as the viewers that hasn't been privy to us, but with Mm -hmm. Heston being a trader, he must know that that's where Heston goes. Mm -hmm. He didn't know know Heston was going to be there that day. Sure. But he said, do you know where Heston is? So I think he and Hild have had some kind of communication. She told him about the Golden Girls kind of thing that they, you know, (laughs) routine that they have. And he knew where to go. Uh, Did you find the plot to get into Bebenberg? Did you find that like a little dumb? What part of the plot? Like, like climbing up the rocks like is it necessary oh, for them loved it. is it necessary for that to happen what i wish had been added was utrid saying i used to play along these rocks as a kid and my dad taught me this is like a secret escape oh, or that okay, my ancestors gotcha. used to go this way only you know the true lairds of bebenburg you know lords of bebenburg know I about like this it. route i wish that there was something uh, and even for him to say like well oh, this is a lot easier when i was 6 <laughs> <laughs> you know because 
How did he know of that? Obviously, he was told as a mere child, right. but he's remembered it. Makes me think maybe he's tried it out, and his dad probably would have been the one that showed him. Sure. So I would have just loved a little bit. I know a secret entrance because this was my childhood home. Yeah, that would have been a nice call out to the to to the first season. Obviously, yes. that would have been good. That would have been good. I agree. Um, I do like the that fact was the backstory I made in my head. Well, so you know I didn't what? It it's to be honest, it's a great backstory. I like it. Thank you. I like it a lot. Um, I'd like the fact that the show, even though we're dealing with these big, heavy things, Heston and Hild and death and coming back to Bebenberg and you know, what are we going to do? We're going to, we're going to unite the kingdom and, and everything. And Edward's on the way. And, and it's this, and, and Whitgar and the whole thing, right? Constantine, like all of these people are all Mm -hmm. ready to get her done. Yet the show still finds a way to insert its humor and again, I have to go back to Martha Hillier when it comes to this, because I find her writing, though it's probably not as authorial as the previous showrunner, I find her writing for the characters, and I've said this ever since she took over in season three, I find her writing for the characters much more human. And the fact that we have these two great humorous moments um, put into this episode. The first one was Ken Laugh. He's talking about his, his, his uh, run where he was going off and he was doing something with Citric and, and he comes back to Uhtred and Uhtred says, what do you got for me? And Ken Laugh is like, Oh, it's been incredible. Da, 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 da. And, and Finn is like, no, no, we don't have time for that. Not now. That was not the time. That was not the time. I laughed out loud. Mm-hmm. I laughed aloud mm-hmm. at that, where I was like, thank you. That is perfect. Yes. It shows how uh, young and and silly uh, Kinlaff is. And eager. And eager, wants to, like, he wants to be part of the, like, he wants to be the fourth guy. He, like, yeah, he wants to be Ethelstan level. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he thinks, it might not like future King of England Ethelstan level. Yeah, but, but like, he wants to be in the crowd. He wants to be Uhtred's, like, second adopted son. Yeah, he wants to be part of the cool kid crowd. Like, not, he doesn't want to be Finnick, because he can't be Finnick. And he can't no, be Citric. Not with those guns. No. By biceps, I mean. Oh, guns. my goodness gracious, those biceps. Oh, even even gives me chills. I mean, but let's be real. He's made made out with a princess. That's his claim to fame. That's true. That's a good point. Uh, I just like that moment. And then also, again, there's another moment with Finnan when they're climbing on the rocks. And it's so great because when they take that shot from above and they're showing you the trio climbing the rocks, you know, just in the foreground, if you're not paying attention, you don't see it. But in the foreground is the nest with the egg. And when he he goes to put his hand up, it cuts away and it shows egg all over his hand. And that's why he starts to fall because he's like, oh, my God, can you believe this? Like, what are we doing? Citric. You left one of your eggs here (laughs) and uh, breakfast. And I just I, I thought that was a really, really nice piece of detail. And they start laughing. And after they save their after they save Finn's life. They're all sitting on this ledge and they're all laughing with each other. It's great to have these moments to show the humanity that they're not Terminators. They're not, you know, these, 
I mean, they are well trained and they're warriors and whatever, but they're still people, and they still they're still afraid, and they're they're still uh, able to make mistakes and laugh about getting egg on their hands, and just the fact that we're able to get humor in a very serious penultimate episode of The Last Kingdom is really nice. Yeah. Really nice. Uh, what did you think about the tension of the episode? How, sneaking around and them getting caught and uh, getting, you know, bound and Uhtred with the silly hat in his, and they're laughing <laughs> at him with the hat. That was great. And and he has his ponytail coming out the back. I'm like, how does nobody, nobody. recognize Uhtred of Bevenberg. How does that I happen? Love I loved it. <laughs> the only thing I didn't like is I didn't have a good uh, perception of where they were in Bevenberg. Oh, okay. I didn't know what area. I mean, I guess I kind of know what area they entered from, but I kind of wish I had a more aerial shot mm-hmm. of them kind of uh, leaving one door and going on the little catwalk balcony area so I can understand the scope. It doesn't have to happen. It doesn't matter if I know where inside this place it is. But that was the one thing that I didn't like about their sneaking around is I was lost. But maybe we're supposed to feel that way because we don't need to know where we're going. Uhtred remembers. This was Uhtred's home. So once again, I would have loved, oh yeah, I know, a sneak way through the kitchen. Speaking of home, we have Aylesworth and Edith going to... Enlist the aid of Stiora. I find this also poetic and interesting. Does Stiora come to the rescue, do you think? Yeah. Happy ending. You think so? However, how does Aylesworth know where Stiora is? How does Aylesworth even know who Stiora is? When did they meet? When did they hang out? When did she get her forwarding mailing address? <laughs> no, but I think Edith would know. Okay. In the trees. It's a freaking huge amount of trees. We're not Father Pureleg. <laughs> Where's Father Pureleg's GPS Maybe when you need it? Maybe he told them. Maybe well, he just beep boop booped his brain and said, yeah. walk 50 <laughs> yards this way. He just way. pulled one side of his mustache. I just find it very convenient that these two ladies yes. are able to travel without being caught and stopped by goodness knows who yep. and magically finds Stiora and who doesn't have that I mean she has an army but like it's not that big I mean what did you do like follow horse poop droppings <laughs> and that's why I'm saying there are some writerly things that are happening here in order to make the plot threads come together mm-hmm. um, and I don't know if I mean I, I think I'm willing to look past it all because we are getting to the end here uh, and we are getting to a point where like organically all of these things are coming together. Like it makes sense for it, it makes sense to go to Stior to be like, hey, listen, we need help. Can you please give us a hand yes. here? It makes sense. And it also makes sense to to pose that question to Stior because she has to make a choice again. You know, does she go help her father? Like, is there a a purpose to all of this for her. I mean, her family's going to be there. Yes, but she has told her father, I'm turning my back on you now. Oh, you know that she's just crabby. She is super crabby. She is. Okay. She's definitely crabby. I will, I will give you that. Uh, all right. You got anything else uh, for this uh, episode, my love? Anything you want to, you want to make fun of Whitgar at all? Or, yeah. I mean, cause Whitgar is. <laughs> oh, Hild. 
Hild says something about, no, he's too young. Because he's asking, when Uhtred goes to the nunnery and he's talking to Hild and he says, oh, I'm looking for somebody I'm about to go. And she thinks he's talking about somebody else. Oh, okay. And yes. she's, no, he's too young. And he said, oh, no, I'm here for Heston. Yes. But we don't hear who that someone is. And to my recollection, his son is with Hild. Uh, the one that is missing, that has been missing now for three seasons or two seasons, whatever it is. Um, so that'll be interesting. And I, and I like that the show has um, reintroduced this in its own way. In, an, in, in a way that felt normal. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't set up. It wasn't... Um, like it wasn't inserted in the conversation as like this moment where the show was winking at you. Mm-hmm. It was just a passing moment. And Mary, you're you're excellent for bringing it up. It's it was that natural that I forgot about it. Like we're just like yeah yeah no he's too he's too young you can't do it. And that makes sense to me because that makes sense that she would think that, mm-hmm. and it makes sense that she would think that Utrid would want to do that. So I'm in on that. I'm in on that kind of conversation. Agreed. Um, Whitgar, do you think he's going to buy it by the end of the season? Yeah, has to. Can only be one Lord of Bevenberg. That's true. That's true. What is going to be interesting is Edward. In what respect? He just wants everything for himself. He wants to win the risk board. He changes his mind every other hour. <laughs> can't stand him. When, when Otrid's told, let him have his moment. Are you freaking kidding me? Good point. Okay, everybody, we're going to go. We're going to go to Bevenberg. You know, and this is the second time that this has happened with Edward. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember, Alfred does the same thing for him. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, when, remember when uh, Edward goes to charge and save Uhtred? Uh, and I think it was at Tettenhall. And Edward, sorry, Edward's charging and let's go, let's go help. And Alfred looks at um oh the the big guard guy i can't remember his name now off, off the top of my head but he's like okay yeah let him like let him go like let him do his well, you thing. know what i did find interesting was uncle phil uh Ethelham, when he talked to heston and he said you don't remember me oh good point i remember you i remember you locking me in that tomb or whatever yes interesting that there's not a lot that comes out of that like i thought that heston was going to get tortured like i thought that was gonna be a thing king constantine doesn't need to torture him i know but he has no he has no problem with him except he was trying to take his i know but i thought that ethelhelm was gonna do that ethelhelm doesn't fight ethelhelm doesn't something was gonna happen i thought something was gonna happen because we go from that scene to then heston just kind of like walking around out of nowhere like there nothing comes of that in any capacity but I, I like the confrontation. Like, I like the, you remember me. I mean, yeah. you don't remember me, but I remember you and what you did to me. Let's talk about this. That's like, what I said to my high school kid that used to pick on me at the bus when I saw him at my, like, 15 years after graduating. Mm-hmm. You don't remember. <laughs> but I remember you. And did, did he want to be your best friend? No, this one did not. Because okay. I, I 
did not want to be his friend. Don't you hate that? When what? people like that treated you like garbage in middle school and high school, they see you later on in their life, their life and they're like, hey, Mary, what's so good to see you? Da-da-da. Like, Well, that's what he tried to do. Okay, yeah. so yeah, he did that. And yeah. then I said, I don't know why you're being nice to me. You made my life a living hell every single day on the bus. And he said he didn't remember. And I said, well, I remember. And he and his friends looked at me like, Mary, that was when you were kids. And I just walked away. Yeah. No. That, yeah. <laughs> Especially because that's when we're kids. You don't like that's so shitty for yes, somebody to do that when yes. you're a kid. I'm scarred. Like it's one thing to, like for that to happen when you're an adult where you can just deal with it and be like, F you guy. Like just like the girl when I was in fourth grade who told me my sweater looked like an M&M. <laughs> <laughs> what yeah I was in church school and this girl she had a lot of money and she was fancy and she always had fancy clothes and I was so proud because I just got a nice bright blue sweater and they just came out with the blue M&M's and she was like nice sweater you just look like an M&M and she wasn't really complimenting me and I had been so proud about my new sweater here I am thinking that you had a shirt with a giant no, M on it because your it name's just, Mary no I was not Ron Weasley you're a wizard, Harry. No, nope, just blue. <laughs> she knew like she had fancy clothes. You got to give it to her. That's a pretty good burn. That's a pretty good burn. <laughs> you look like an Eminem. Well, she wasn't nice to me anyway. Ever. Oh, man. That's why I left that church. Yeah, well, you left all the churches. I did. But that one was the first one I left. Oh, man. I told the pastor that everybody was just confirming so they could get a party and money and that my parents are poor and I'm not even going to get a party or money. So why am I going to (laughs) confirm? What's the point? (laughs) I already went around during our snack time when we all got pretzel rods and I asked everyone, do you really believe in this stuff? You're raising your right hand and promising this in front of the entire congregation. No, I'm just getting a party. Well, what about the poor people? (laughs) (laughs) What about us poors? Us poors don't get parties. We're lucky if we get a cake. I didn't. I got confirmed. I know you did. And I don't know. Just whatevs. Yep. But but maybe that's how you felt at such a young age. I just told the pastor that I needed a little bit more time. And I wasn't getting a party, so there was no rush. And he actually thought that I made the right choice. And he told my parents that he was really proud of me. And it was very mature for me at such a young age. Really? To say I didn't feel comfortable standing in front of the congregation, raising my right hand, promising that I believed in all of this stuff. And he told my parents, please, like, this is really awesome that she's challenging her beliefs and she feels as strongly. And instead, my parents told me that I had to go find Jesus and we had to leave the church. <laughs> they sent you to Jesus camp. They did. <laughs> I was actually doing really well. What do you um, mean? Talking to the pastor. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was really nice. Interesting. I said, I just don't want to do it and lie. I don't want to stand up here and raise my hand and lie. Which is what Edward asks Siora to do and asks Sid Trigger to do. You're such a Taurus. I know. You know what I found out, by the way? No. Alexander Draymond? Yeah. He was born February 7th, 1983. Close birthday. He's a he's a Pisces. I can just tell. like me. I can tell because remember I told you you guys cry the same way. Oh, that's right. I had an emotional mo- moment with Mary the other day. Yeah, and I was I was tearing up. His eyes were welling up, like if you t- 
touched it, they would overflow, but they were so full and my eyes don't do that. And that's why I told him, I said, you look just like Uhtred when mm-hmm. his eyes well up, but there's not a single tear. It's not like a Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us single oh, no, tear. No, no. But he had this welling of his eyes and I said, you're like Uhtred. And Blake didn't take it as a compliment at that point. No. But I hope... He's a month older than me. I hope you can now appreciate. I do appreciate. I When I saw his birth date, I was That's not a Pisces. Wait, if he's in Yeah, because I'm at the end. I'm at the end of March. the Pisces. Really? Yeah, I'm at the end of the Pisces. I thought they usually change around the 20s. I don't think he's a Pisces. No, Blake. because February 28th. He's 28th? I thought you said he was February no, 7th. No, he's February 7th. Okay. But he's February 7th, so, and I'm March 3rd. I don't think you are. I, no, I am March I mean, 3rd, I'm thinking, and I am yeah, a Pisces. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. I don't think you are the same thing. Okay. Maybe he's an Aquarius? Uh, that's what I'm going to see. I'm going to check it on out. I mean, either way. February 19th through March 20th. Oh, crapola. Yeah. Yep, sorry, Blake. Then he's an Aquarius. Or is he an Aries? No, he's an Aquarius. Maybe he's an Aries. No. Aries is April. Yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, you're right. Either way, we're both fish. We're both from the water. We're both emotional. He's not going to be a fish. Yeah, Aquarius, it's water. I don't even think he's Aquarius. Okay. He is. Yeah, he is. Continue. He is. Either way, he's a month older than me, and I was shocked because that man's in good shape, and I am not. You're right. It is Aquarius. (laughs) There you go. Okay. See? There you go. People are screaming at their radios right now. No, they're not. Uh, all right, we're so not playing on radios. Well, people are driving in the car. You Those know, are speakers. We're not over radio waves. What, what, what else? You know what? It's all the same. It's Wi-Fi. <laughs> all right. Anything else for this episode, my love? That's it. All right. <laughs> well, as we are wont to do in Mary and Blake Media, we have a tradition for. Oh, my final question for you, Mary. A Mary and Blake Media commandment for every penultimate episode of either the series or the season or the season. All we ask for is momentum. I just want momentum, and I want the plot to start converging along with the characters. Does this serve the Mary and Blake Media commandment purpose? Yep. Of penultimate episodes. Yes. It does. Yes. It's giving you enough momentum. It's but we're going back to Bebenberg. Yes, we are. Well, I mean, technically, we're already there. Yeah, I'm here. So, does Edward attack? Yeah, because he's a doofus. He is a doofus. God, he's such a doofus. Does he die? Edward, no. Why not? No, I don't think he does. You're right. I don't need to waste emotional time on him dying. Yeah. Who does die? Ooh. Hmm. Who can we spare without like having our hearts wrenched out? None of my boys. None of my boys. None of them. Does Diora die if she shows up? No, I she no. That would just make no. I don't think she dies. Because I think Uhtred has to pay a price. He has Why? to pay he a price. He already has. He's paid a price his entire life. I know, but there is a specific price. That there there's the, again, the bill comes due. There has to be something that he has to give up. It's like the soul stone. He has to give something up. I don't think so. He's already given up enough. Fair. I don't I don't know who's going to die. Probably some just jabroni. You know, like a second in command that we've seen a lot. Does Aldhelm die? He could. Yeah, he's a second in command that yeah. we've seen a lot. Yeah. He could die. I wouldn't really mind. 
He's he's his last job is trying to pr- save the princess, and then he can die. Oh, I like it. Maybe he sacrifices himself for the princess because yeah. he loved Ethelflaed. Yeah. <gasps> Does Karkaroff die? Uh, Whitgar's best friend. Oh. I'd like him to die. He's gonna. He's totally they're, gonna they croak. Die. He's gonna croak. Whitgar's gonna. They, they, all that whole crew is gonna die. And who kills Uncle Phil? Oh, that's good. That's good. Okay, who do you want to kill Uncle Phil? All right. Um, I want his grandson to do it. I want his grandson. That'll be his first kill in life. I mean, this kid's already a mess. Emotional. Yeah. All he's got is his hair. I, I wonder. He probably won't. I bet. You know, unless it was accidental, the grandson would be poetic. I like that idea, but he's not strong. But enough. he's not strong enough for that. I, he's too. He's too much of a dweeb, and his hair would get messed up. Yeah, we don't. We don't want that. We can't have that. I bet you Edward has him put to death. Okay, I could do that. I think he gets put to death right there on the spot. Okay, because I don't think Utra does it because I don't think there's enough of a relationship there. Stiora. Why do you think Stiora would do it? Well, it's his fault that this whole thing, Brita and him, for um, for her honey's death. That would be interesting. I'd like that. That would be interesting. Killed by a Dean. That's what I would like. Yep, okay. All right, I'm in. I can do that. And I don't want Constantine to die. I don't think he's going to die. Good. I don't think he's going to die. All right, uh, as we are wont to do Mary and Blake Media... Every penultimate episode for the series or the season, well, we have a little bit of uh, a little bit of fun with our closeout music. Oh, I love when those drums drop just makes you feel like you're ready it's the final countdown man i love this now, tradition when is this movie what the seven kings must die whatever yeah. yeah the um there's no release date for it yet are they filming it it's already filmed it? oh it's already um written and filmed uh principal photography has has finished okay and i think it finished not too long ago okay so my guess is earliest another year Oh, how about like next summer? You know, Netflix loves to drop cool things in the summer, like Stranger Things time, like maybe the 4th of July or something next summer. No, I feel like that is very much a Stranger Things foothold. Okay, so they wouldn't, I mean, it's, a, okay. When? Um. When do you need a Viking movie? I feel like that's a fall thing. Okay. You know? Yeah, next September. Like September, October, I think when it drops. Hold on, here we go. So we, we want Ethel Althelm dead. No, no, I don't Uncle want him Phil. dead. Uncle Phil. Uncle Phil's going to die. Maybe Althelm. Maybe Karkaroff. He's definitely dead. Whitgar. Whitgar's totally dead. Goodbye. I don't want any of the new Quattro to be broken up. No. Uh, I don't want Utrecht to lose anything else. No, I think we're good. You know, the funny thing is, is that this feels very much like a, a second part. I mean, a first part of a second like a, of a two-hour movie, okay. if you will. Mm-hmm. It feels like 
everything has been split up on purpose. And I don't mind that, actually. I kind of like it. I like that there, there was this final big battle that's going to happen, and they're splitting it in half. So I like that. And my heart can only take so much after the loss of my husband. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this episode. My name's Mary. My name is Blake. Destiny is all. <laughs>